Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. You can join us and bring up whatever you want to discuss. Phones are open. And the number is 603-892-6160. We were just talking about that the other day. Man, I know. <laughs> 603-283-6160. Welcome to the program tonight. It's Ian. And Aria. So... We both have the same story and show prep here tonight, and that usually means we should talk about it. And in this case, it is yet another. I don't know how many of these there have been written in the last 13 and a half years, but yet another ti- uh, titled, yet another story titled, Bitcoin is dead. Oh, I'm sorry. Crypto is dead. Not, not just Bitcoin is dead now. Now it's all of cryptocurrency. Press F to pay respects. According to... Uh, some guy at the some spectator. lunatic who doesn't know what he's talking about and who you know sees the the fall of everything across the board from stocks to cryptocurrency, probably mm. not gold. I haven't looked at the price of gold, and if it's down, it's probably Gold's not. It's all right. It's at eighteen fifty. Is that right down now? or up? I mean, it's been floating it around that for a while. Okay, but I mean, stocks are down. Cryptocurrencies are all, all almost all down. It's yeah. It's not surprising. This is what it's a pe- bloodbath right now. Yeah, this is what people do when they panic about their their money supply. They they pull out of things. They pull out of their investments. So all of the people who are leaving Bitcoin and stocks and stuff right now, they're, they're people who were comfortable two years ago with buying cryptocurrency or buying stocks or something. Now they're like, oh god, the economy's about to collapse. I need some actual cash. Mm. So it's not surprising that this is going to happen. And, you know, it's going to rubber band in the opposite direction. Of course, that's the wrong plan, is if you're expecting (laughs) the economy to crash, the last thing you really want to be in is cash. But that said, if you manage to get some cash out of your investments before they went all the way down, and maybe they're not all the way down, maybe we're still halfway down. I don't know. Who knows when this roller coaster is going to start going back up again, or if it ever will. Uh, I suspect that it will. I, I mean, I mean, it certainly will. This is a, it's the same reason that NFTs are down. You know, it's just mm-hmm. this speculative money making bubble that people were super excited about, but they're all like, "Oh, I don't actually have the money to invest in cryptocurrency right now, or I need to cash out in order to pay my grocery bills because my dollars are buying less than they were two years ago." Here's what you got to do, in my opinion, and I, this isn't financial advice. If you're in cryptocurrency and you need to pay your grocery bills, get yourself a crypto fuel debit card. That way, yeah, you but can, isn't that essentially the same thing? That would would that not affect the the national average or world global average of cryptocurrency values? I, I don't know how. Well, that there's works. a difference between somebody taking their crypto and freaking out and selling all of it or most all of it or whatever because the price is going down. That's a panic sell, right? I don't know if people are selling or if they're just not buying anymore. Both of those would functionally. Generally, the reason that the prices go down is if more people are selling than. And buying right like if if sellers well, it could be it could mean both right it could mean that there, there are more sellers and it could just mean there are more people there are fewer people buying well right? yeah obviously demand you have has to have gone a, down you obviously have to have a buyer in order to have a seller meet and have a transaction happen uh but it's those people who are looking to do a thing right so like when you go on a crypto exchange and if you just tell the exchange i got all this bitcoin and i want to sell it and then you just take whatever price you get, it pushes the price of the thing down. Yeah. Whereas if you are willing to sell your coins, but you don't 
need to sell them right then. You can then set a price at which you are willing to sell, and that does not push the price down when you do that. So bunch of people going on to exchanges and just sell sell that that's going to push the price down because right. then all the people who are willing to buy at those lower prices they snap up those coins but the price moves down 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 and so that's well, who's what's actually going. buying those coins it's got to be like coinbase and kraken and buying anybody and who others, wants to get right? a good deal i mean it, the people buying right now are the people who understand the uh the concept of buy the dip right as they call it and uh, this is certainly a dip i i would argue i mean the economy is going to go in the opposite direction as, as the USD becomes it's more valuable. The USD is stronger at this exact moment than it was, you know, three or four months ago. And that's because more people have confidence in it mm-hmm. than they do cryptocurrency or gold or stocks or anything like that, because it's the currency they've used their entire lives. But at a certain point, the, the skills are going to fall from their eyes and they're going to realize that these pieces of paper are actually not worth a whole lot of money. And they're constantly losing value. And it's at that point, they're going to try to rebuy all of this Bitcoin or all of right. this gold or all of this Bitcoin cash or dash or whatever they're trying or stocks or whatever. And they're going to realize, oh, I actually should have held on to it. They're, they're buy, buy high, sell low types. Well, I don't want to give anybody you know advice. I'm not a financial advisor or anything like that. But if you are interested in getting into cryptocurrency, if it's been something you've been thinking about doing, might be a good time to start doing what they call dollar cost averaging to get into it. Yeah, there's a company called, I think, Wage to Pay. It's probably one of my favorites. I've never had the opportunity to use it because mm-hmm. I didn't learn about it until after you know March the 16th of last year. Right, and now we're on bail conditions prohibiting any crypto use. Right. I, I assume I probably still could use Wage to Pay. I just wouldn't be able to set it up or do anything with it. So for me... And that that would require a direct deposit paycheck and all this yeah. other stuff. I mean, it's I'm not using it, and I have no realistic option of using it in the future. But what it does is, you know, most employers, when you do a direct deposit, they allow you to sign, send your paycheck to a number of different places. You can send 50% to this place, 10% mm. to that place, whatever. Mm-hmm. Wage to pay is one of these places to which you can send part of your paycheck, and it will automatically use that to buy cryptocurrency for you. Cool. I think in, I think in currencies that you specify, so you can okay. tell it, yes, I want to buy BTC, which is Bitcoin, does or Dash. Does it send Dash. it to your personal wallet? It does send it to okay. private wallets. That's cool. So it, it is a way of just automatically That's taking smart. a 1% of your paycheck and buying Bitcoin or something like that. And it's, what about the rest of it? Does it then forward the dollars to a bank account or something? Or it depends happens? on how you set up your direct deposit, mm-hmm. deposit with your employer. But generally, yeah, the other 99% would just go to your default bank account or your savings account or wherever you're sending your paychecks. The idea behind uh, we should have even we haven't even mentioned yet here. Uh, Bitcoin right now is floating at around thirty one thousand dollars per coin, and that I, does hurt to hear, though. And I read uh, online earlier that that takes it back to all the way back to July or June of twenty twenty one. So it, that's <laughs> it's, not even it's a year so ago. low. Yeah, not even an entire year ago was it at this this level. And this is, you know, but that's how people are. Whenever the price takes a dip or a large dip, in this case, it's a fit, good more than fifty percent dip uh, at this point because it hit sixty-eight thousand dollars late last year. I think it was like November or something like that. Uh, so it has gone pretty high, and now thirty thousand seems quite low by comparison. But the reality is, prior to uh, you know last year, thirty thousand dollars was a record high. That's a really you know? good point. I mean. Bitcoin is only down if you look at it within a certain context. If you Correct. if you widen that view just a little bit and say, oh, it's still you know f- four times what it was two years ago, so it's still doing good. Yeah. I I would suggest. 
However, yeah, two years ago, it was, I don't know. I don't have the exact number here. I'm looking at the Bitcoin ticker widget. It uh, I think was two close years ago, to 10, it would have been about 8,000, 9,000. Yeah. 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 So it's it's way up compared to that. It's all relative, right? And yeah. I think it's going to recover. I, I don't think it has really much of a choice but to recover. I know a lot of people are proclaiming, you know, NFTs are dead. Cryptocurrency is dead. It's no longer exciting. People can no longer make billions upon billions of dollars. Well, yeah, they are. And I mean, they can. And that's why the people out there who know what they're doing are buying it while you panic sellers are selling it. We've seen this before again and again. Crypto dips, sometimes big time. People freak out. They act like it's the end of the world. And then in some cases, it takes a couple of years. Like it it usually doesn't like jump back up to $70,000 next week. It could, but it usually doesn't go that quickly back up. Usually it's like, okay. Two years later, then and there's a big rally, and it all comes back. Uh, and it goes beyond where yeah. it ever was before. But again, there's no guarantee that that pattern is going to continue. It may not take two years this time. It might be six months. Well, it with may... the collapse of the USD, I, 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 I wouldn't you dare... You it's to... going to be accelerated. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, I don't want to say for sure it's going to go back up. It could continue to crash. We don't know. Maybe 30, uh, our peakless mountaineer on last night was saying that, just on a personal conversation, he's saying he thought it's going to go to 30,000, and that's what it hit today. I said, well, what do you think about 10,000? He says he doesn't think it's going to go that low. But again, no one really knows what's going to happen. But one guy says crypto is dead, and we'll get into his claims coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian and Aria. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. That is where you can go to learn the basics about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. And no better time than a big market downturn to start that, that process and maybe consider getting into the, the world of crypto. Go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page, and you'll find some introductory videos there that'll teach you the basics, like what is decentralization, why is it important to the idea of money, and why has it, it existed ever prior to Bitcoin? What, what, you know, what were some of the innovations uh, that Bitcoin brought to the forefront? You'll learn some of that stuff over at Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. Also, you can uh, go to news.bitcoin.com to get the latest news headlines. Once again, that is news.bitcoin.com. As we continue here, we're going to get into this uh, yet another piece. Okay, so I'm going to the bar after the show, and I just decided while, while we were doing that, mm-hmm. that every drink that I have tonight, I'm going to toast to the memory of, of Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> According to yet another columnist, Bitcoin, a.k.a., well, in this case, crypto, is dead. We'll get into Ross Clark at The Spectator, his opinion here in moments. But first, Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. I don't know if you know this, but your listen line is going in and out. You got dead spots. Yeah, I get occasional reports about it, and and then by the time I get around to checking it, it it's working again, and it's like, there's really nothing I can do about it. <laughs> so... The big giant head is messing with you. I'll call in sometimes, and it'll ring and ring and ring and mm-hmm. ring, and then I'll hang up, and I'll call back, and bang, I'm right on the right right, right into your system. Yeah, I so would recommend any- to, to anyone to just listen to our normal internet feeds. If you have any semblance of internet connectivity, you should be able to get one of our internet feeds to work. 
Just go to listen.freetalklive.com. You'll find a, a, a bevy of listening options there. As long as you've got even a semi-crappy internet f- signal, you should be fine. To yeah, because there is it. an audio-only feed, isn't there? There's three of them. There's yeah. one for uh, low, low, low bandwidth, <laughs> where if you're on a dial-up modem, you could still listen to the show. There's one for medium bandwidth, which pretty much anyone should Was be able like to listen to. like a 256 to. kilobyte no, modem not even from that. back it's, in the day? Uh, no, 32, 16 for dial-up, uh, 32 for the mid-band, and then the broadband quality, which is like sounds perfect is 64 kilobits per second so you you pick you pick your uh your flavor your your preferred bit rate and uh you know if you if you don't have a dial-up modem then uh, you know if you're if you're worse off than if you're on a if you're on a ham radio connection then i'm afraid <laughs> we're not going to be able to feed anything to you but otherwise we uh, we got you covered at at listen.freetalklive.com but uh, what what were you calling about tonight well i'm damn near ham i've been off the grid for 20 years i'm running off solar panels and batteries here that's great Talking to you on an old flip phone. But anyway, um, you guys were talking about the fluctuations in Bitcoin and panic in the market and whatnot. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dave Ramsey. He's like the money guru on the radio. I've heard of him, yeah. And And he's also anti-Bitcoin. Well, he probably is, but most people that are old school, I mean, it it seems like fairy dust to us. Mm. But anyway... um, the thing is, is the stock market has, let's say, a 100-year history since the crash at 29. All right? Yep. Close enough. Just about. So there's a track record. And uh, in a 10-year period, the losses, the, the gains have always been more substantial than the losses. Mm-hmm. So it's always gone up much more than the inflation rate and yada, yada, yada. So, but the thing is, is Bitcoin doesn't have a long enough track record to really judge it unless you want to break it down to, hell, I don't know, two and a half year quadrants or something. No, but the last decade of Bitcoin is extremely promising. It was the asset of the decade, I believe, for 2010 to 2019, 2020. I don't know exactly how they measure decades. There's some weirdness there with millennia and centuries and decades and how they start and when they end. However, last, exactly. dec- last decade, it was certainly the investment the asset of the decade. It was, couldn't be beaten. Not even close. Nothing else. Yeah, even. it was by millions of percentage points up from you know where it started the decade out, which was probably zero. That was probably during the Obama years when you couldn't hardly buy a job here. I had to take everything I owned and make a trailer and head to North Dakota to make a living. It wouldn't have mattered who was uh, in running the United States federal gang. It wouldn't have mattered if it was a Republican or a Democrat. Bitcoin still would have done exactly what it was going to do, which is replace bad money. It was going to give people an, a, a decentralized alternative to government money for the very first time, one that was completely untouchable, one that cannot be shut down. It cannot be regulated out of out of business. Well, uh, that cannot, cannot be arrest. confiscated. Yes, that's cannot. always been the issue with like the Liberty Dollar and you know other gold bullion. I mean, they've managed to confiscate some some Bitcoin, but that's just because sure. of the operator uh, errors and you know leaving their keys sitting around or whatever. Uh, in those cases, Major, anything else you want to share? Go ahead. I hope you all are right because I can always stand another burn of the government saddle. But yeah, I got a quick funny for you. Um, our president, old China Joe, has been accused of aiding and abetting. And many fronts, right? I'm going to give you an update from the ANH News Network here. He's also 80 and bedwetting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's a good one. I hadn't heard that one before. 
The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. They do. There is a rumor that Joe Biden wears diapers. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's he's old, yeah, dude. He's, old. he's super old. He's really old. He should be in a nursing home, uh, probably. So uh, let's get into it. We've well, got he's this- got a wife that will take care of him. So true. Whether she likes him or not is another question. Well, uh, he's got money and power. Yeah. So that helps. Here's the story from The Spectator in the UK. Ross Clark says that crypto is dead. Not just Bitcoin is dead, but crypto is dead. When Britain voted for Brexit, he says Macron, that's the Paris or the French president, boasted that Paris would eat the city of London's lunch. It didn't quite work out that way, with most league tables continuing to put London as the number one or two financial center, with not a single EU city in the top ten. Emmanuel Macron's government has now announced that it has invited Binance, a crypto exchange site, to set up a European headquarters in Paris. You have to ask, has Macron leapt on a bandwagon which has already started to lose its wheels? The warning sign for cryptocurrencies is not so much that they have crashed, Bitcoin is down 50% from its peak last November, but that they have become boring. Bitcoin has suffered many a crash. Now that's a, that's a good thing. You you can't have it both ways. People out there saying that Bitcoin is dead because it's too volatile, or people aren't you know, or because it's unpredictable, and then say Bitcoin is dead because I, I, I don't you remember it's boring. It, because it's boring. Yes. Yeah. So it's either have got a long enough history to have become boring, or mm. it's still new and exciting. Uh, I don't think this guy really knows what he's talking about. I mean. You and I are kind of on the outside of cryptocurrency right now, as you mentioned earlier, Sadly. Ario, and it really it hurts. Uh, this is one of the worst bail conditions I've ever been under to not be able to do something that is essentially part of my calling. Uh, but regardless, we are still able to learn about the world of cryptocurrency. We can hear about what's going on and research new technologies and things like that. And I mean, I've never been more excited for the future of, uh, of cryptocurrency. I think there's some really cool stuff out there that has never existed before the last two years. And it's going to be a game changer for the old money world that is just desperately clinging to life and, and scrambling to try to stay relevant. Uh, we got more coming up here and we'll talk about that. But he's got a lot to say about why he thinks crypto is dead. 603-283-6160. You can join us here. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. We've been talking about the uh, the Bitcoin crash, quote-unquote, all the way down to summer of 2021 levels. I want to focus on this guy's <laughs> main point here, though, which is that he's alle- alleging that crypto, not just Bitcoin... Crypto is boring. Yes. We're not even a week away from the NFT fad crashing and burning. 
Two weeks ago, it was tremendously exciting for all manner of people, people who weren't even interested in cryptocurrency, like a guy who owns a local um, restaurant here in Kenai asked him recently if they were going to be willing to accept cryptocurrency. He goes, no, but we're going to make an NFT. Oh, yeah. No, it's the NFT market hasn't gone completely away. But it will. The, the cra- I think I think it's well, going to go mostly away uh, as far as the, the craze is continuing there's still a bunch of late comers that are jumping on board like you're talking about this local business owner i mean he's over a year i don't know when the nft thing craze started i think it was like a year and a half ago uh but you know he's a little bit late to the party a little Uh, so you know you can still put an nft out there you can still put it up for auction or whatever and maybe it'll sell but you're not going to get you know millions of dollars for your average nft in fact many of the nfts or non-fungible tokens that have been sold for hundreds of thousands if not millions are trying to be resold and they're not even coming close they're lucky to get ten thousand dollars out of a two million dollar purchase and i hate nfts i hate everything about them however just a month ago they were the most exciting thing that anyone was talking about. Yeah. That, that was all people were talking about. The NFT thing. They loved it. They were super excited. It was going to be great. And a month later, all crypto is dead, according to this guy. It's boring. Yeah. They, they won't come up with a new NFT or anything like that. No. It's just going to die now with a whimper or a sigh. Well, he's saying it's boring. And I think, honestly, he doesn't know why a lot of us find Bitcoin exciting in the first place. I'm not sure why he thought it wasn't boring previously, but we'll get into further about his uh, his opinions. And uh, so this is from The Spectator in the UK. He says, Bitcoin has suffered many a crash before, yet bottom feeders quickly rushed into the market and sent the price rebounding. This time around, there is little sign of any enthusiastic speculation. On the contrary, a brief rally in March fizzled out as quickly as it had begun. Bitcoin now looks set to plunge below its previous peak of $31,776 reached last July. I mean, to be fair, as I understand it, um, you know, when, when we were arrested last March, the rumor was that the reason that cryptocurrency communities weren't really talking about it was because this was happening everywhere, all over the United States. I haven't seen any reason to believe that is or isn't true. However... It makes sense that the bottom feeders, as this guy put it, wouldn't be out there buying up all the Bitcoin because they probably can't at the moment. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's I'm not going to speculate about who can and can't do something. There's a bunch of people out there who are interested in cryptocurrency. Sure. Some of them are buying and some of them are selling. And as you pointed out earlier, there are there's a higher demand for selling than there is for buying at the moment. But that can change tomorrow. And there may be some people who are just waiting till it drops below 30,000 and then they're going to snatch up a ton of it. So it just depends. Everybody, every individual in the market has their own opinions about when to buy and when to sell. And that's, you know, how the market prices get set. Uh, so I, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say what people are and aren't willing to do. But, uh, but going on, he says many thought that Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies could turn out to be a hedge against inflation. Those hopes have been dashed. Well, I, I don't agree I at all. I think that's reporting a little early here, pal. I mean, inflation ain't over. It's barely even started. Yeah. Like, I, I remember it's been almost two years now since I made the post of, hey, you just got your stimulus check for $600. I don't remember what that one was for. I don't either. 1200 $1, Yeah, who knows? And, you know, use it to buy. I didn't. It's not financial advice, but I suggested that it would be a wise idea for people to use that to buy cryptocurrency. And and there is a Twitter bot that tracks this now. And anyone who did that, they still came out way, way ahead 
And that, that inflation of the USD that occurred then and that's ongoing now hasn't even started, hasn't even really hit. So just what factor in that as well. Bitcoin is down, yes, but the the true plummeting of the USD has yet to even start. Ah, there's a website. So I went to the, the Twitter account that you're talking about and they, they linked to a website, bitcoinstimulus.net. So as of today, wait, is this based on... Yes. Okay. So based on a $1,200 Bitcoin purchase made on April 15th, 2020, which was the first stimulus check, right? That was when that was. It was right in the beginning of the COVID situation. I didn't get mine until like early May, but still within that two weeks window, the value of Bitcoin didn't move a whole lot. It is still up 361%. Jesus. And this guy. (laughs) So you still turned that $1,200 into $5,532 as of today. Now, and this guy wants you to believe that cryptocurrency is is oh you can't do anything about inflation with crypto now what a load uh anyway he goes on uh he says what most while most currencies have been devaluing against real world assets cryptocurrencies have been falling in value faster as for the other long-term incentive to hold bitcoin that it might provide a stable wealth store stable wealth store from prying eyes of government that started to decay a while ago as governments got better at tracking down cryptocurrencies. Now, he's not wrong about that. Uh, Bitcoin, for instance, specifically is completely public. Uh, if a government knows your Bitcoin address, which they shouldn't because you can keep that relatively quiet. Uh, but there are, you know, if you put it out there, then somebody could know your Bitcoin address and then they could track you and they could figure out how much Bitcoin is in that address and where it's been sent and from where it's been received and all that. Sure. But his other point was that, you know, it's it's down worse than all of these other assets. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Bitcoin was at one year ago as of today. However, Netflix down 71% year to date. Oof. Snapchat, 50% year to date. Wow. Facebook, 42% year to date. Uber, 47. Amazon, Damn. 36%. Disney, 32%. Tesla, 34%. Yeah, and you can't get Jack Diddley from uh, the U.S. government's own treasury bonds. No. So. so I don't know how bad Bitcoin is doing versus where it was at last year at this time. According but- to Bitcoin ticker widget, down 46%. But so right there in line with Uber and Facebook and Snapchat and doing better than Netflix, about the same as Tesla and Amazon. And I mean, this is what we'd expected. I mean, it's well, you have to expect it. I mean, you have to expect that Bitcoin is a volatile asset. It does not have uh, the market has not officially, you know, set any kind of stable price for Bitcoin. It does not stay at one particular price. A recession hits, people freak out, they want cash. They want the, the money they no one trusts, stupidly, granted, yeah. because they don't know any better. The but market the, isn't always smart. No, but the USD, those paper dollars, that's the money they know and that they trust. And they're going to learn the hard way that that trust is badly misplaced. He says, so cur- cryptocurrencies are no longer making anyone rapid fortunes. Well, that's not the point. I just want to point out, yes, there have been some people who have purchased some cryptocurrency only to have it shoot up, whether it was a pump and dump scheme that they were involved in or they just got lucky on something and it just they just happened to get in before it went up. That is very uncommon. That is not the purpose behind cryptocurrency. It is just one of the symptoms of the way a volatile market uh, of these you know, new assets is going to work. For people that are in this, with what I mentioned before, dollar cost averaging, 
They're not going all in into one crypto all at once. They're not taking their entire life savings and dropping it onto Bitcoin one day and then hoping it works out. The smart buyers are going in little by little at a time over every week like you were talking about with it with a paycheck automatically they're going in for you know 10% of their paycheck or whatever they whatever they feel like they can take a risk on whatever you feel like you can lose you put into cryptocurrency on a weekly or biweekly basis and you just start accumulating and then you you know hang on to it if you spend some of it buy some more and then you just hang on to it those people are not rapid fortune seekers those people are people who are in this for the long haul and they understand that cryptocurrency is a better form of being able to transfer value from one human to another because it cuts out the middleman it cuts out the banks and it cuts out the governments of the world and whether the price is up or the price is down it's always cutting out the middleman and there's real value there that is long lasting there's more coming up here it's free talk live Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian. And Arya. Also want to say thank you to our Free Talk Live supporters on the AMPS program. It's a Patreon. Troy Schultz is one of them. He is silver level, which means that Troy is helping us out for the to the tune of uh, at least five bucks a month. Helping us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. That is what AMPS stands for. And you can join it by going to amps.freetalklive.com. It takes you right to our Patreon page uh, where you can sign up at whatever level you prefer. But we do ask for at least 5 bucks a month. So thank you to Troy for doing that over at amps.freetalklive.com. As we go back to your phone calls and thoughts, we'll get a little bit further. It's not a long story, by the way. There's like two paragraphs left. Uh, on this it's just a short little hit piece against cryptocurrency claiming that there's no more reason to use crypto it's over so we'll get into that coming up here but first steven is on the line in north georgia steven you're on free talk live with the ian and aria hey guys so um real quick i've been getting casted at work because people ask me questions and i just typically answer hey i'm an anarchist what do you think the answer is um and so people have been like asking me about Bitcoin and stuff. So I bought some Bitcoin the other day. Patriot came in and instead of buying silver or ammo, I bought Bitcoin. Cool. Um, and so I'm pretty happy about that. But question for you about the value of Bitcoin, because uh, it's still very confusing. Um, sure. Do you think that part of the reason that Bitcoin shoots up and down in price the way it does is because it's not government-backed, therefore governments don't have a reason to protect its value? I mean, that's an interesting, uh, you know, theoretical thing. Certainly, there's no... If there's manipulation in the world of Bitcoin, it is certainly not being done by the usual suspects, right? Like, the bankers are not involved. And governments have never done a very good job of protecting currencies, no, but but he is pointing out, I think it's, it's right to point out that there's manipulation involved in, say, uh, the price of gold. Uh, so there's been a lot of allegations for a long time that the bankers and these people that will sell you gold on paper are lying to you. They, right. they will sell you quote-unquote gold 
but you don't get to actually hold it. It's not physical. It's supposedly physical in a vault somewhere that the bank supposedly has. But then when you go to the bank or whoever it is that sold it to you, some broker or whatever, and you say, all right, I want my delivery. I want my gold. Well, then and then they usually get back to you and they say, uh, uh, it's going to be 90 to 180 days, but we'll get it to you. Well, I mean, of course, and, uh, selling gold in in the short term, there's no way that's a profitable endeavor unless you do it in the way that, you know, the goldbacks people did. Because in the long run, because of inflation and the way that government, governments treat their currencies, the value of gold is always going to go up. In but the that's long the thing. Run. That's that's the point I'm trying to make here, Arya, is that they're pushing the price down, right? And because the reason, that's the only way they can make money off of it. Otherwise, it would make more sense for them true. to just keep their gold themselves. Well, no, that's not true. You can make money by selling gold straight out. There's plenty of gold dealers out there, like Roberts and Roberts in uh, in North Florida. They'll sell you actual gold, and they're in business to make money. So you can make money selling gold. You just have to sell it at whatever the market level is. And right now, there's the spot price of gold. And then there's what it actually sells for. You cannot okay. go out there and pay $1,850 or $1,850 anywhere unless you've got a crackhead banging on your uh, pawn shop door, you know, who needs to actually, you know, needs to sell some gold right then. Most people are going to sell it for 2000 or 2300 or 2200 So there's going to be a large uh, spread in there between what the quote unquote spot price is that you would have to buy you know, thousands of ounces to even get close to. But for the average person buying one ounce of gold, you're never going to pay spot. So there's money to be made on that. But what they're doing is they're pushing the price of gold down by selling gold that doesn't exist. So that's that's the theory out there is that the price of gold should be three, four, five thousand, God knows how much per ounce if it was actually being sold honestly and there's strong evidence that it's there's a ton of people that own gold on paper that there's not actually gold in the vault to uh, to back it up and you can't prove that theory very easily but uh, anyway the, uh, so to go back to your question Stephen that kind of manipulation cannot be done easily with something like cryptocurrency because there's a finite amount of Bitcoin and while it could be true that companies like uh, Coinbase Maybe selling cryptocurrencies they don't have. That is it less could be true likely. with Monero. It yeah. seemed it would be almost impossible for them to get away with it with any other cryptocurrency because those are publicly tra- uh, traceable on the blockchain, and you can right. ver- you can verify that they actually have what they say they have. Uh, so the, the, that kind of manipulation is much less likely. To, that's a well, short answer. My question isn't. I don't think they're manipulating the price of Bitcoin. I my question is, are they manipulating the price of the U.S. dollar? And because they're manipulating the price of the U.S. dollar, is that affecting the way that we quote unquote see the value in Bitcoin? Because when we talk about Bitcoin, we talk about it in value of USD. I'm sure in China they talk about it in their currency, yeah. um, and in Russia their currency. But is it is it the Bitcoin is being devalued up and down, or is it that we're simply seeing that, that we're simply seeing it value up and down in addition to the dollar plummeting? Yes, and both is true. Both is true because we know the dollar is plummeting in value. That's what inflation is when they inflate the money supply. The value of the dollar goes down. It doesn't buy what it used to buy, and it and you know, in a half a year, it's going to buy even less. Right next and week, there's absolutely no doubt that this is happening. That is one hundred percent. 
ongoing right. right now as we speak. You can pull up the numbers for this month that compare it to last year or last month compared to the last month last year. Those numbers should be coming out soon, I think, for uh, for April. The numbers are definitive and they are clear that the U.S. dollar is becoming worth less in buying power every single month. And it always has. I mean, they've always been inflating the the money supply as long as they've taken they, as long as since they took the gold value or the gold backing uh, away from the, the U.S. dollar. So... The gold uh, went away completely. I believe it was 1971. I think Richard Nixon got rid of uh, whatever gold standardization there was. And so, yes, that is one factor, Stephen. And then another factor is what is the market valuing Bitcoin at? So uh, Bitcoin has climbed much faster than the rate of inflation, as we just explained a few moments ago, compared to April of 2020, when people went and got that $1,200 check from the government. If you had bought $1,200 worth of Bitcoin with that full amount of that check, it would be worth over $5,500 today. So that is way more than what the uh, the pace of inflation has been since. Then. Yeah, that's a 400% plus increase. It's about 360, I think, is what it, what it said. But yeah, it's, it's tremendous. Does that answer your okay. question? It does. Um, now, here's, my, here's another question I have for you. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Is the prepper guy on tonight? The prepper guy. I, I assume you mean Coden. He'll be on tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I'm a prepper as well, and I have lots of silver. Yeah. One, because I don't trust the United States dollar. Two, because it's physical, right? It's something that if the market, if, if the computers shut down, whether it's the Russians or the American government that shuts our computers down, right? I can still access my physical gold. Right. Um, as long as they don't confiscate it, you can access it. Yeah. Um, but you can, like if they shut the computers down. Well, if they confiscate my gold, that's called theft. But they have done it me, in the past. Yeah, that's never stopped them. And remember, it's not theft when the government does it. Then it's just um, confiscation, and they have a. It's a legal difference, right? Because it's not murder when the government murders you either. Even though to you and I, it's absolutely a murder, and to you and I, it's absolutely theft. What we're talking about, and we should we should call a spade a spade. It is important to call what the government does by its actual name instead of using, you know, the the cover words that they uh, that they do. But didn't the government already do this? So didn't? Yeah, gold confiscation happened back oh. under wasn't it Roosevelt in the 30s? I think it was. Yeah. Well, I just want to be very clear. I know that we live in a touchy society and that we're finally getting rid of racism. Um, and I promise not to discriminate against anybody. And if you trespass on my property, I won't ask if you're a government agent before I take matters into my own hands. There you go, Stephen. Thanks right? for the call tonight, man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. I'm not sure what racism has anything to do I, with I don't. That, I hope that he's talking about like post-apocalyptic world where, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people are peering out their windows with sniper rifles or whatever. They're watching for trespassers. I mean, Somebody's going to try to come take his prepping stuff, right? Yeah. Like that, food. I hope that's the context in which that statement was made. Otherwise, I mean, violence is, that's the option of last resort. But if somebody is trying to, you know, steal all your wealth and kill your family, then it's absolutely a legitimate option to defend yourself. Uh, so the number here is 603-283-6160, whether it be a zombie horde or a bunch of desperate uh, people in desperate times. 603-283-6160. You can join us. Our two's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want. Kicking off the second hour of the program. On the way tonight, Aria, you've got a story about Apple workers in China trying to escape the factory, and I want to know more about what's going on with that, but we're still talking about yet another proclamation that cryptocurrency is dead. This is according to an article at The Spectator at so the UK. What is the name of that website? BitcoinObituary.com? Something like that? I don't know. But there's one site that, yeah, that has been tracking all of these news stories I mean, for the last... not all of them, because there's just so many, It's hard. Right? Yeah, I, it's got to be hard to keep track of them. They probably have a, a crawler or something that's doing it, but still, I mean, this is, this is garbage that... This, I came to New Hampshire a little almost four years ago, coming up in next month. It'll be four years, I believe. And since I got here and was doing Call to Freedom, we've been covering stories about how crypto is dead, about how Bitcoin is dead. And four years later, it's basically stronger than ever. <laughs> That's a weird way of dying. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I hope we can pull up that website because I'm curious to see if they've been continuing to... Uh, to to notate all of these different stories. And I'm sure this isn't the only one. This is just the one that we happen to find. And and uh, thankfully, it's relatively short. So we're about to to, uh, to finish this off. But Do I, they not realize how ridiculous they have to sound proclaiming that crypto is dead or Bitcoin well, is dead? They're not talking to you and me. So okay. they're talking to the old financial audience, the people who still read newspapers, you know, the people out there who are just... They're not going to change their ways, likely. They probably weren't persuaded to get on board with cryptocurrency in the first place, and now they are feeling justified. Right now, it's like, aha, we knew it. We knew this was going to fail. We knew this was a scam. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a, you know, fill in the blank, all the different insults. On the subject of Bitcoin obituaries, there are a number of websites, evidently. Uh, 99bitcoins.com declares that it's been dead 400 plus times. However, wow. That is by people submitting articles that say Bitcoin is dead. So that's not an automatic process. So it's probably a bit outdated. There's also BitcoinIsDead.org. Oh, cool. Which seems to actually have more updated information, but I don't know because it's it's presented in confusing ways. (laughs) And with graphs and stuff like that, that's going to take a minute to actually process. However, 2021... 
41 alleged Bitcoin deaths, uh, 45, if you believe, Cointelegraph. So, I mean, this is this is the same. Just last year, they declared it dead 45 different times while it was stronger than ever through most of last year. And now yeah. it's not stronger than ever. Oh, yeah, but they're going to pile onto this one. This website you're talking about, bitcoinisdead.org, looks like its last update was February 16th. So they're a few months behind. Um, they're going to have, I suspect, quite a few to add in the coming weeks. So here's the final thoughts from Ross Clark over at the Daily Telegraph and the Spectator. He says, Cryptocurrencies are no longer making anyone rapid fortunes, are no longer protecting against inflation. Well, we've proven that those things, number one, rapid fortunes is not the point of cryptocurrencies. The The point of Bitcoin, which was the original, right? That was the, the granddaddy of all cryptocurrencies uh, created by Satoshi Nakamoto in 2009. We still don't know who Satoshi Nakamoto is, whether it's a man or a woman or a group of people or an alien or, you know, God himself. Uh, it has not been revealed <laughs> at this point. I mean, but, you laugh, but it's not impossible. It, it wouldn't be the weirdest religious idea I've ever heard that Bitcoin was divine revelation directly from God. I, I actually tend to believe that, I mean, that that's true. Moses was given the Ten Commandments on the mountain, and yeah. those were those were good, but they weren't great. <laughs> they, they didn't do anything to actually prevent people from committing murder. Yeah. Now we have widespread murder on a global scale, and we have Bitcoin, which it doesn't just say, thou shalt not commit murder. It says, hey, this is a way where people can't commit murder. We can avoid funding that murder by yes. shifting over to the use of cryptocurrencies. But the, the point of Bitcoin wasn't ever to make somebody a rapid fortune. Some people have gotten lucky here and there over the years with crypto pump and dumps or whatever. The rapid that, fortune thing, that was that was the meme stocks, like the Game Stops and the AMC theaters. Yeah. And, you know, Shiba Inu. Speaking uh, of all of those, the people who made a bunch of money with the GameStop stocks and all of that, they're not doing so well these days either. Mm. If just everyone is hurting, it's not new to cryptocurrency. Is it's not unique to cryptocurrency, and it's not unique to stocks. We've proven that he's absolutely wrong when he says it's about protecting against inflation, or that they're no longer. He says protecting against inflation. It's total garbage. Uh, Bitcoin is is up over three hundred and sixty something percent since the first welfare check, uh, the crypto welfare or COVID welfare check came out back in twenty twenty. And he says finally, and governments are working out how to find them. What exactly is the attraction? Well, let's answer that one. Aria, what's the attraction to cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin? It defangs the government. It keeps them from being able to pay for their wars, their dropping of bombs, their widespread murder, and their devastation of people locally and around the world. Because they, in order to pay for these things, they have to create their own currency, which they then inflate because they can't. If we were being taxed, if the average American were actually being taxed in a way to pay for these trillions of dollars being spent in war, there would be revolts in the streets. Politicians would be getting tarred and feathered, if not beheaded, because the tax rate would be something like 80, 90 percent of income taxes just going to pay for these wars. So in order to hide that, the government Mm -hmm. just inflates the currency. And if they don't control the currency, then they can't inflate the currency. And that's the biggest, most valuable thing that Bitcoin does. It gives us a way of having value in a way that, one, they can't take in the way that they can just break into your home and take your gold. If you have yeah. you know, 10 pounds of gold sitting in your basement, that's relatively easy to find. But if you have 10 Bitcoins... A lot harder. It's a lot harder, and it's not. It's it can be arranged so that it's completely impossible for the government to take that from you, short of you know torturing you or something sure. like that. And that's always a possibility when you're dealing with governments who are desperate to maintain their power. And that's they are desperate, and that is something they're doing. They are attacking cryptocurrency in a variety of different ways right now, and 
And that is going to be dissuasive to some people, right? Like to hear about the federal government is going to regulate stable coins or is going to regulate crypto or whatever. There's a lot of talk about there. I think to the average person, those are good things. So that, that's legitimizing cryptocurrency, right? Because that's well, true. they look to the state on what is legitimate and what isn't legitimate. They're like, oh, I don't trust this fly-by-night bank or this whatever. Yeah. Oh, but then the government says, hey, the, it's we're, okay. we're regulating this now. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I trust that. Like Coinbase, they they. They don't trust local Bitcoins or the people buying and selling on local Bitcoins, but Coinbase, my goodness, they trust Coinbase. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. The average person may actually have their affinity increased by by regulation of crypto. I, I was thinking more from our perspective that yeah, regulation we're like, is oh, this is terrible, unwanted. <laughs> uh, he says, so what exactly is the attraction? I got to agree with you, uh, Arya, on your point about fostering peace. Of course, that's the reason why prim- primary reason why the Shire Free Church got into uh, helping foster the idea of Bitcoin because it is directly affecting the the ability for the individual to save themselves to save and uh, keep their hands from being bloodied by touching the evil war monies of the world the fiat currencies like the dollar like the euro like the the ruble uh you know you fill in the blank the russian ruble for instance so giving people an alternative something that the bankers cannot do anything about the bankers do not make any money off of Whereas normally if you were to send a financial transaction prior to Bitcoin, some banker is going to get the, get a piece of that. And then the government's going to get a piece of it later on. And well, what people like, don't realize is that these banks, that their their pockets are heavy on both sides of the the equation here. The, the Wells Fargo was heavily invested. The, the George W. Bush's, all of these, all of these major banks, they, they have tons of Nazi gold. Yeah. That, that's the most obvious example, right? Sure. And, but it was true. And they funded both sides of wars. Yeah, and, and, like they, and they benefited no matter which side won. He goes on, he says, they are clearly little more than a pyramid scheme. Machines for redistributing wealth from players who are late into the gold rush to those who were early. And like all other pyramid schemes, they have a brief and finite life. Many of these new get-rich-quick schemes, like NFTs, have already come and gone. And we were critical of the NFT from day one. So I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone here on the show actually was like, I don't know, they sound pretty good. I like them. There are definitely some pyramid schemes in the world of cryptocurrency. There's no doubt about that. There are a ton of pump-and-dump, get-rich-quick uh, scams, wealth redistribution programs, there's like network marketing companies that are just straight up pyramid uh, schemes with cryptocurrency. There's some of them that are just total, totally uh, fictitious, like OneCoin, which was a total scam and scammed people out of billions of dollars. So it is definitely a world in which you do need to do your due diligence and you do need to do research. But to say that crypto itself is a pyramid scheme, I got to disagree, but we'll continue and you can share your thoughts with us here. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Aria. Join us online anytime you want. We have our social media platform, and you can join it over at social.freetalklive.com. That's social freetalklive.com you can interact with other free talk live listeners and some of the hosts of the show over at social.freetalklive.com unlike twitter and facebook our site is not run by a big tech mega corporation and so you've got way more freedom to speak 
at social.freetalklive.com. Let's talk to Bad Slave. He's on the line in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Bad Slave. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, well, you know, it, it occurs to me that, you know, cryptocurrency, you know, the the more prominent ones that, uh, you know, I've shown to be able to back up their claims and stuff like that, 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 that this is, you know, a huge risk to, uh, to, to governments. I, you know, I mean, you know, all of us in the, in the Liberty movement, uh, you know, migration that's going on are, are people that, that, that get that, 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 uh, Governments have been overpowered. They've been they've been given, you know, carte blanche and no accountability and all of this stuff. It all, you know, and 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 they've been lying through the, you know, mainstream media. And, mm-hmm. I mean, and certainly the on- and the cryptocurrency world is an excellent way of addressing those concerns. I mean. Just the last year and a half or so where I haven't even been allowed to use cryptocurrency. If I was to able to just jump back in the cryptocurrency world right now, there, there's so much of a backlog there for me to learn. Like Cardano and Solara and all of these other coins, they, they weren't even getting talked about a year ago. And now they're in like the top 10, the top five, I think Solar, Solana, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about it. I, I've heard that it's centralized and that its servers have gone down. That's not the one I'm thinking mess. of. It's the one that uh, Trump's wife had her in on. That was in Solana. It was? Okay. I've heard bad things about it. It's one of the top three, isn't it? Or one of the top five, uh, something the top like that. 10. And like, it's in the top ten. This right. wasn't, it wasn't even getting talked about in yeah. March of last year. So well, there's, there's tremendous amounts of progress being made in cryptocurrency. Not all of it yeah. good. Well, and that's the thing, is whenever the price of uh, crypto goes down and it does from time to time there's just the natural progression of things uh whenever it goes down development continues it may be true that people are oh freaking out selling bitcoin they're leaving the market or whatever you know it doesn't matter what the uh the, the people uh the holders are doing whether they're selling or they're buying what matters is is this going to continue into the future and yes of course it is this person in this article doesn't believe so they think that crypto is dead which is absolutely ridiculous these people are developing as we speak. It does not matter to the brains behind cryptocurrency whether or not the price is up or the price is down. They're in this for the long term. This isn't some get-rich-quick scheme. And they are going to continue to make new products, new services, new technologies, upgrade the existing uh, cryptos that are out there. I know that I've heard that Monero and Bitcoin Cash have hard forks coming up. They're going to be upgrading uh, their services and uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, Thor chain. The That's decentralized- regular for Bitcoin Cash, so they do one yeah. of these regularly. Yep, and they're not going to stop just because the price right. do- uh, drops 50%. So the, the, that's the important thing to take away here is the geeks that are behind the scenes, the programmers, the brilliant minds behind cryptocurrency, they are doubling down. They are well, continuing. And it's not just them. It, the diehard supporters, the actual people who are invested for not financial reasons, but for philosophical and religious reasons into cryptocurrency, we're going to be here regardless. Yes, that's right. I don't care if the value of Bitcoin drops down to one cent per. Real, realistically, in the grand scheme happen. of things, no, but I think that would probably be good for Bitcoin. If it would be good for cryptocurrency as a whole, and it would be good for Bitcoin. If it do- dropped to one cent? Yes. Why would I, that be good? 
Because it would make it more accessible to the masses. It, the, the, <laughs> well, the, yeah. The big name brand Bitcoin would suddenly would be something buy? that I mean, every it, individual could own multiple whole I know Bitcoins. that, but Aria, if it were to go that low, there'd be a lot of people who would who would not purchase because they would be, you know, they would see that huge drop. I mean, first of all, that's not going to happen. No, it's B- not going to Bitcoin's happen. Bitcoin's either going to go to zero or it's going to be worth a lot of money. I don't know how much it's going to be worth. It would but also it chase a lot of these miners out. The, the ones who are creating mm. you know, empty blocks and stuff like that to drive up the, the transaction fees in Bitcoin. I don't think there are empty blocks on, on Bitcoin. That's empty not may not be the word I'm looking for, but it's null transactions basically where they send themselves the amount of money that they're going to get back out of mining the block. Mm, I've never, I've not heard about that. It's been a solid two years since I heard yeah. about this happening. I think that might be getting a little too technical. Um, Bad slave, anything else you want to share? Well, I, I you know, I wanted to uh, kind of bring up the Croydon thing. That oh yeah, that- yeah. The, you're talking about the school board. We talked about this a few nights ago, the day that it happened. I think it was Saturday night. The school board in Croydon, right. uh, New Hampshire, which had had a huge success or at least what people thought was a success has been reversed a few months ago a free stater went to the town meeting or the school board meeting or whatever and proposed that they cut the uh, the budget in half from the school board and he came with a persuasive argument he came with graphs and a flyer for all the people in attendance and persuaded the people at this meeting to vote to cut the school budget in half which was an amazing (laughs) thing that is amazing And then what happened was the statists in town doubled their activity and tripled or quadrupled it or whatever. And they found a they found a loophole. Uh, they found a way to call a special meeting to undo what happened at the town meeting. And they called that special meeting and they got more than half of the town's voters to show up at this meeting. You had to get at least half and they got way more than half and they got like 330 something votes to two votes to undo that uh, that ballot measure. So the full ba- the full budget is back in place. It's a major setback uh, for the activism there in uh, the town of Croydon, which had had sort of been this this glimmering you know lamp of liberty right here in New Hampshire. Is this example of uh, all these free staters had moved into town, and that's where Bardo Farms are. And there's been all these wonderful stories coming out from their school. It's still board. a wonderful story though, because it shows that you know. That's probably where we've been most successful in creating a situation where the status had to come out in numbers and mm-hmm. push back. But they did. That's the problem. We're not there yet, right? Like they're it, always it, going to come back in numbers and push back and until they're just completely demotivated and yeah. they're no longer willing to fight. They, yeah. They're going to do that. Oh yeah, but that was that's the point of the story is that we're not there yet. We don't have enough thousands of people here. We're we're good. Like we're we're the strongest libertarian movement anywhere on the planet. And we're having amazing success stories. We've got dozens of people in the state house, but it's not enough. We need to have half the state house. We need to have uh, enough people to be able to, to defend against statism like this. And as you say, we've got to we got to tire these people out, basically. And thank you, Bad Slave, for bringing it up tonight. We have to tire these people out and frustrate uh, frustrate them to the point where they are just they give up and they move to Vermont or they move to New York or Massachusetts and they're no longer here. I mean it sounds terrible to say that we have to tire them out, but I mean realistically that's what we have to do. They're they're motivated by violence and the mm-hmm. the hateful apparatus that is the state and that's just not very motivating. It's not very inspiring. Well, they, that's not what they said in this case. In well, this case not. it was for the children. Well, they're deluded, right? Yeah. You expect yeah. crazy people to say crazy things. Right. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We got plenty of time for you if you want to join us here. A few more thoughts about cryptocurrency and then Apple factory workers trying to escape under tyranny. We'll talk about it.
Insight Daily Radio, conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s with more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. On a Prairie Home Companion, I would write the news from Lake Wobegon. I would write it usually on Thursday and Friday. And on Saturday morning at the theater, I would look at it. It was about five pages, single space. I looked at it, I read it through, and then I set it aside, and I walked out on stage, and I had 18 or 20 minutes in which to do this, and it worked. You improvise from something you have written, and you leave out, you instinctively leave out the parts that mean less, and you go to the parts that mean more. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here at 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. At 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Download episodes of the show that go back for years. You can go to freetalklive.com to find those. As we go back to your phone calls and thoughts, with a few more comments on the latest proclamation of the death of cryptocurrency got a little bit more about that and then what's happening with uh, apple workers trying to escape from the factory apparently aria's got a story about that but first she's sarah in new mexico go ahead sarah um yes i just wanted to mention about all the stupid things that people do to camp out and wait and stand in line to do all these things. Like what? Like, like concerts. Concerts. Like, like concerts and sports, um, watching uh, games, right? Sports games, football games, baseball games. So let me interject here real quick, Sarah, because I've seen this sort of thing on, on television shows, but having gone to a large number of musical events and concerts, not really so many sporting events, I've never actually seen anyone camping out to go to one of these things. Are you just talking about people standing in any old line, or are you talking about camping out? No, I'm talking about camping out, and I know they camp out to vote, like in the Carolinas or something like that. Wow, what a waste they have, of like, time. A big well, I mean, that's what it's amazing. I mean, but actually, I, I think it does make sense. They get so excited. They have a rally. They have a party. They have a music. And they Who have gets speakers. excited to vote? Well, Total losers. they pay them um, a chicken dinner. I think there's a chicken dinner behind all this. Somebody pays for it to do all That's this. That's illegal, by the way, to pay people to vote. Just so you know, Sarah, if somebody's paying you to vote, they're committing uh, probably a felony 
in that particular case. Well, I mean, that, so hold on, are you saying you understand the attraction of sleeping out uh, in a in a tent to go vote, but you don't understand why someone would camp out to get concert tickets or to get sporting event tickets? And also for, to go shopping. What is that? The, there's a big sale, the Black Friday, Black Friday sale or some. Yeah, those kind Almost of no one are, camps out for that. Okay, not that one, but they but uh, they trample in and beat themselves up or whatever. Yeah. They hurt themselves trying to go in and mm. buy something. Um, but um, is there any other dumb things that people camp out for? Well, I just you didn't uh, answer my question, Sarah. I was asking you, do you feel like are you saying you understand why someone right, would camp right. out to go and vote, but you don't understand why someone would camp out to get a ticket to a concert or a sporting event? Yeah, I for me, I see the value in voting. I don't see the value in all this other nonsense. So you don't really like I, uh, fun, right? You don't really <laughs> like doing things outside of uh, your your apartment or your trailer or whatever. You, you don't understand that. Well, but, I mean, to me, fun, fun, fun means like to do politics for me, like get out the vote or getting involved with uh, politics or going to. Writing letters. I think a lot of people would um, consider that pretty dull, Sarah. And I'm somebody who does think that activism is important. So, I I mean, I I understand. I agree that activism can be fun. It can be. If you're doing it the right way, it it can be. Uh, But a lot of it is pretty rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, fun for one person is as as work and monotonous and boring for other people. Is that because you think that it's fun to try to control other people? Is that what's exciting about politics for you? Because the reason why we're involved in it is to try to stop the state from being able to control other peaceful people. And that's the only reward is if we could ever be successful in, in some degree to doing that, then it will be worth uh, the effort. But for you, you want to advocate for more red light cameras and speeding tickets and more regulations and trolleys and all kinds of mandates uh, to be shoved down people's throats. And you get it, you get your jollies off of whenever the state creates a new program, right? Well, you, you know what I think is something genetic? I have politicians in my family. I, I think a lot of this is it used to be work for my ancestors. So it's actually genetic. I don't even know why I do it. I just feel I just have. Fun have you ever been to this. a concert in your life? Well, I've been to several concerts uh, that people paid for or whatever, um, some singing concert. But I never, I never was um, that much interested. You don't care about music. Party. You're not interested in in music. The the universal language. No, I I love music. I enjoy music, but I mean not. Fanatical. Give me an example. Where, give me give me a favorite. Do you have a favorite band or uh, one of your, one of your favorites? No, I enjoy a good instrumental. I instrumental. enjoy a lot of music. Okay. Yeah, um, and then I Can used you to name play an piano, instrumental. Instrumental. A lot of I I really I, I listen to a lot of songs on the radio, and, and they're just incredible how they come up with. Um, it takes a lot of talent. Can to you think of a band a name or a uh, somebody who produced one of the instrumentals that you've enjoyed? Like I don't even listen to classical music, but no, I could no, name one. The, they, no, I, I mean I, I know a couple of bands, but I, I don't really have a particular. But but I was in the Breaking Bad store here, and I heard them. You were in the Breaking music. Bad store. Can you just yeah, name a heard... band like in, in any a band who's ever existed in human history? Can you just name <laughs> one? 
No, no, no. What I'm saying is that the music to this Breaking oh Bad movie was really very creative. I was like, is this the Breaking Bad movie music? Okay, so, so you can hear, when you hear music, you can appreciate the creativity. But in your entire life, you cannot think of one band name that you've ever heard of. No, I heard I heard a, a lot of the bands. Can like, you name uh, one? The, well, the, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to put the name, the, well, Axel Rose, Sons and Roses. Thanks for the call, Sarah. Wow, that was painful, man. I, I was oh honestly God. not convinced that she was going to be able to do it for a minute. I didn't think so either. <laughs> and, and then she actually knows not just a band, but one of the, the people the main in that band. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Wow. Wow. All right. <laughs> I could have kept going with it, but that was that was enough yeah, of I'm, Sarah for tonight. I, I am pleased that she was finally able to name a single yeah. band. But it she took can't us understand. a while to get there, though. She can't understand why somebody would want to go and pay, uh, you know, $100 to see Axl Rose sing. I mean, I, I don't know want why. to either. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't get that one. I mean, if, if they were in the area and they were opening for someone, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, I, mean, I wouldn't go to see them in the same way. I wouldn't go to see, like, Breaking Benjamin or something. But if they're okay. there, I'm not going to, like, leave. Like, gosh, yeah, these sure. guys are too bad. I'm not going to sit through this. You're not going to go out of your way, though, to, to see Guns N' Roses. No, that's why I like these music festivals so much, because they do have a, so many of these bands. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to go see them, but they're already going to be there. So why not check they're, them out? They're there. Yeah. Okay, sure. But, like, Black Label Society is one great example of this. You know, Zach Wilde, awesome guitar player. Black Label Society makes some really hardcore metal songs. Mm-hmm. And I like them, but I would never, you know, pay $50 and drive to Albany or New York City or where, or Boston Just to go to see, see them. Yeah. But they're going to be at this festival that I'm going to. Yeah, I'll check them out. So, this uh, Crypto is Dead story, the final thoughts here from Ross Clark. He's a columnist over at The Spectator and The Daily Telegraph. He says crypto is dead and is saying that it is a pyramid scheme. And we've heard this one before. We've heard this before, that that cryptocurrency is a pyramid scheme. And that uh, in in a pyramid scheme, by the way, you are usually given some sort of a promise. And And there's a promise with cryptocurrency. In a pyramid scheme... There's no product, right? There's no actual product. The only in a true pyramid scheme, yeah, there's no pro- there's no product. It's just moving money around. Well, here there's Bitcoin. There's an actual product. Sure, or that's true. whatever cryptocurrency. Yep, that's true. Um, in a uh, classic Ponzi scheme, which we've heard Bitcoin been called a Ponzi scheme in the past, Ponzi made promises to people. Charles Ponzi told people that they were going to make a bunch of money. I don't remember what the promised rate was, but it was crazy right like, well some of them probably did make some pretty they good did. money it was too good to be true kind of rates and uh, and people did make money and that was what helped him because he could point to the people that were early in and say oh look well these guys made all this money and so you can get in you'll make that that money and and people did make money until there weren't enough people to get into the scheme anymore and the price ultimately it all had to come crashing down uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. The number is 603-283-6160. And the price of Bitcoin will not go up forever. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Aria in the studio tonight. Join us online anytime at freetalklive.com. And don't forget about our chat server. It's a matrix chat server, which means it's open source, self-hosted. 
and federated. Federated means it's connected with the rest of the Fediverse, or in this case, thousands of other Matrix servers all around the planet. So if you want to talk to other people on other Matrix servers, you can do that through ours. Over at chat.freetalklive.com is where you get the step-by-step instructions on how to join. That's chat.freetalklive.com. And by the way, our chat server, the Matrix server, we now have the ability to do voice and video calling. And as I oh, that's right, I saw that. Yeah, as I understand it, uh, you uh, when you do this with it's only with one other person. So if you have a room with multiple people in it, you have to use Jitsi still for multiple people. But if you have just a one-on-one conversation, you can start a voice and or video call direct with that person. There's only negotiation of who's where that goes through the server. The actual video and audio, as I understand it, goes direct point to point. Uh, oh, that's awesome because yeah. it's also element or a matrix. I mean, doesn't it use encryption? So if you, I believe it does, it seems I like I'd be surprised if it doesn't, but I can't say I'm 100% sure. I know some of the, it, it may be a toggle feature where you have to turn on the encryption or something like that it may not be on by default, but I know that matrix, certain aspects of it do support encryption. The rooms, uh, by default one-to-one, I believe are encrypted. So I, I think it would be a pleasant development to hear that there is, you know, chat software out there that allows direct video peer-to-peer encrypted communication. I believe Jitsi does that too, just so, oh, just for the record. Yeah, I believe Jitsi is also encrypted. But of course, the more people you have in your conversation, the more likely you've got an infiltrator. That's, so keep that in mind. That's always true. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, go to chat.freetalklive.com. We were talking about the, uh, the last attack here, uh, the most recent hit against cryptocurrency. Ross Clark at The Spectator saying crypto is dead. He says it's boring. He says... People don't make any money anymore. It doesn't help with inflation. And he's just straight up lying. And it's ridiculous. But the final attack from him is to call cryptocurrency a pyramid scheme, saying that it's a simple wealth redistribution from people who were late to the gold rush to those who were early. And if all you consider cryptocurrency to be is an investment vehicle then you might have an argument there. That is to say that people that got in early certainly will do better than people that got in late, right? Like if you got in... That's always true. Yeah, if you got in when crypto was a dollar, when Bitcoin was a dollar, and now it's (laughs) $30,000, well... I can't even imagine. You've done very, very well for yourself, Yeah. right? 30,000 times what it was originally you're investing. If, on the other hand, you get in at $30,000 and it only goes to 300000 before it never goes higher, right? Because as I said, at some point, Bitcoin will stop going up likely. If it ever finds its sort of market level or if it ever gets that equilibrium where people are like, yeah, I think Bitcoin should be worth this and the market just believes something about it. I don't know if it ever will happen. I tend to think it will reach a point where the fluctuations are, are so minor. It stays that, within a range of yeah. something. So if it ever does get to that, let's say 300000 is the top. Well, you've only 10 x Right. Only. I mean, that's still great. Right. Like for anybody that that can pull off a 10 X on an investment, that's that's pretty awesome. But obviously, it's nothing like getting in at at a dollar or ten dollars. And for the record, I think that it's going to be way beyond three hundred thousand. You know, I can't make predictions. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But based on the twenty one million that could ever exist of Bitcoin and the, Mm -hmm. the fact that there's like eight trillion people in the world right now. It's already true that if you have point two seven Bitcoins, you own more Bitcoin than 99. You're, you're in the top 1%. Of Bitcoin holders? Yes. So, wow. And that's 0.27. Wow. Right? And, and and at those rates, we're looking at mass adoption. We're looking at adoption right now of like 5% in the United States. The most Western of Western countries. Hardly anyone has yeah. it. So if you, if you 
factor in all of these things and you look at, you know, what what if we actually did have it where 70% of the world population or at least the Western population was interested and wanted Bitcoin? You had 70% demand versus the 5% demand we see today. Now, just to be fair, 5% includes all demographics. If you narrow it down to Gen Z, I bet you it goes up to one out of four or something like that. It's, it probably it's does. It's higher. But I suspect it's going to be significantly higher than 30000 or 300000 I suspect it's going to be something in the range of $30 million yeah. dollars per yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just speculating. But that's you, put, you touched on a really important point in that Bitcoin is a product. These investor types, they don't understand why Bitcoin is valuable. They just say, oh, it's a tulip craze. People are just piling in. It's just crazy. No, there's a reason why Bitcoin is valuable, and it touches back on what we were saying before. Most people aren't getting into it because it enhances peace in the world. Most people aren't getting into it because of our reasons of wanting to get the cut the money man or the uh, the bankers and the governments out of the picture of money and cut out the middleman and and give uh, the individual power over their own wealth. I don't think that's the. That's reason. another important aspect that we didn't really talk about was. Allowing an individual to actually have control of their own money. For the first time ever. Yeah, because that's unusual. That's rare. It's never really happened before. And when it did, it was gold or something like that. That was kind of clunky and high risk. Yeah, you couldn't send gold over the, uh, the internet. But this is what you use to secure your family's food. This is what you use to buy gasoline. This is what you use to live your life as some form of quote, money, mm-hmm. and you're trusting that to these institutions that have over and over throughout human history proven they cannot be trusted with that responsibility. Bitcoin, yeah. for the first time, cuts them out of the equation, and it gives you direct control over yep. your financial future. You don't have to rely on governments to not screw you over. You don't have to rely on banks to not screw you over. All you, all you have to do is not screw yourself over. You can, take, you can feed your family for the first time in human history without begging a government's permission. Right. That's, some, that's such an important that's point. That's Bitcoin. And I don't know how many people are into Bitcoin for that reason, but ultimately that's the reason why a lot of us care so much about this. The peace aspect and the individual empowerment aspect of cryptocurrencies. Those are the reasons why. Cutting out the middleman in any business deal, if you can cut out the middleman, you're doing better, right? You're getting a better yeah. deal. You're getting closer to the manufacturer. You get a better price, etc., better service. And so it's important to do that. And so that's what's happening here. That's the product. The product is the ability to be able to send value point to point directly without having to ask permission, without having any middleman who can shut you down and say, no, you can't do that. Oh, we say you can't. I'm sorry, ma'am. We're just not going to be able to service you today. Oh, you didn't fill out the right forms. You didn't jump through all these hoops. Oh, you don't have the fee to pay this? $30? Sorry, we can't help you. I mean, most people have never dealt with banks on that level, to be fair. The average person has never had to deal with the bank saying, oh, well, we're not actually going to process your payment. They they see the sign that says if you deposit a check after Mm -hmm. 2 p.m., it won't actually be credited until tomorrow, but... there's no ramification of that. It has no direct effect on them. They know banks are slow and they're tedious and they're silly, but it doesn't affect them on a real world basis. Eventually it will, because we're already seeing now where the average transaction that has to be reported is down to $600 from 10,000. So your your little $500 paycheck is very soon going to be one of these things that you deposit it. And it's actually legitimately not available until the next day. Now they're going to tell the government about all that stuff. So 
That's the product. It's the ability to be able to transfer wealth from individual to individual. That is never going to change. That is what Bitcoin does. That is what all these other cryptocurrencies, some of them do it better, like Dash or uh, maybe Bitcoin Cash or some of the others out there, eCash, etc. They do a better job of it. A lot of them do it for cheaper. And uh, you know, Dash has 51% attack protections. And there's a bunch of different innovations out there, Stellar, Lumens. There's so many different cool cryptocurrencies. As I said, the, the development continues. It doesn't matter whether the price is up or the price is down. Whereas, what cool developments have come from the dollar in the last 20 years? Nothing. All of the developments that we've seen in the financial space have been developed to get around the limitations of the dollar and the banking system, like PayPal. Yeah. yeah. As we talked about recently, was you know partially founded by Elon Musk. Same with Cash App and Jack Dorsey. The and, reason but even these that's things, old news. PayPal's yeah. twenty year old news now, twenty five year old news. Yeah, but it wouldn't exist if not for the limitations of the dollar sure. and us needing the world needing a way to get around those limitations. Yeah. So PayPal was invented and. The dollar itself hasn't innovated anything. It's never going to innovate anything. It's just we have a free market that responds to the limitations of the dollar and and creates these band-aids that allow us to continue using the dollar, even though it's it's not suitable to what we actually need to use it for. That's essentially what PayPal is, a band-aid on how broken and useless the U.S. dollar is. So people like this Ross Clark attacking Bitcoin, calling it a pyramid scheme. It's just straight up libel. Uh, It's nonsense. And... They are attacking something because they don't understand it. He just thinks it's an investment, and it's not. It's a completely new form of transacting between individuals that is never going away. It's it's here to stay. Whether the bankers like it or not, whether the governments of the world like it or not, they're going to try to hurt it. They're going to try to threaten people. They're going to try to put people in prison cells, and they're never going to succeed in the long run. But it may get a little You can ugly. kill the revolutionary, but yep. you can't kill the revolution. Yep. The idea is out there. And this idea is open source. It can be copied infinitely and made better. All right, more coming up here. We'll get into the Apple story, the Apple factory. What's going on in China? It's 603-283-6160. You can join us. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, Ian. And Aria. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We've uh, been talking about the latest attack on cryptocurrency. Somebody's uh, saying that the crypto's dead. Oh, my God. The price it's down to what it was in the summer of 2021. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it's not even down for a full year. I mean, year-to-date looking at stocks like Netflix and stuff like that. And, I mean, based on the general trajectory, I expect Bitcoin to, to continue going down for the foreseeable future. But dead? It's silly to proclaim Bitcoin to be dead or any technology. I mean, even the fax machine isn't dead, people. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, the fax ma- pagers aren't dead. They're obsolete and no one seriously is running around with a pager, but the technology is still there. It still exists and it may not be useful, but it's not dead. Just like a corded phone or a rotary phone. My grandmother just retired her uh, corded rotary phone within the last 10 years. Wow. One of those ones where you had to you know, dial the number and it circled all the way around. Yeah. 
And even that's not dead. <laughs> Cryptocurrency isn't even, it's barely a decade old. The government hasn't even yeah. started to wrap its mind around cryptocurrency and how it can regulate cryptocurrency. It's just now getting to Bitcoin. It's never yeah, going they to get still to still don't understand to, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and you're, you expect me to believe that it's already come, come into yeah. existence, risen to its peak, and now it's dead before Mm-mm. your beloved government could We're even figure out started. what to do with it? Crypto has barely gotten started after just 13 years. So we, we could, I'm sure, go on about that for the rest of the show. But you've got other news out of China. And we've been focusing on Shanghai, of course, in recent weeks where there's been an insane lockdown uh, that has continued it's i think in its 50 plus something day i don't know what number it's on it was 45 days like a week and a half ago so it's probably well into the 50s uh at this point sadly with no end in sight uh what's the latest and where's this one from it may not be shanghai i don't know what story you've you've got it's uh uh, the, it's not just Shanghai where they're having these issues the principality whatever they're called territory is shanghai oh it is okay yeah apple workers are storming barriers and are fighting guards who are trying to keep them locked down at work. And this is something wow. that I saw recently. I don't know if the factory was in Shanghai, but I saw that one of Musk's companies, Elon Musk's, one of them was going to open up a factory somewhere in China. Tesla, I think. And the rules were that the factory workers would have to stay there in what they're calling a closed system. So they would have to work there and live there because, wow. of, because of COVID-19. And that's what we have here at the Apple factory now. And I remember seeing then the the crazy libertarians who are all about Musk were saying things like, well, this isn't so bad. Most of them would probably rather be at work all the time instead of spending time at home in their apartments or whatever. And it just struck me how delusional, how insane one must be to make a statement like that. Like, I don't mind working, but there isn't anyone on the planet who would rather, like, you know, wants I'd to stay twenty four seven for an entire month or something like that. I mean, there are some people that get into a job knowing that they don't get to go home for weeks. So I, I'm thinking of uh, this guy I used to know. He's a free stater. Uh, he lives in the North Country, and he he was one of those people that worked on a ship, right? And that ship okay. is out. Like- for months at a time. Cruise it's, employees, oil rig employees, those yeah, sorts of things. Yeah, it's not a cruise in his case. He actually worked an unusual job. He worked on one of those fiber optic laying ships where they've got like a huge spool of fiber optic cable that they just slowly go across the ocean, you know, and they right. lay fiber optic internet. And you're out there for months at a time, you're, you know, at least a quarter of a year at any given uh, time before you get some time off. Well, people are certainly willing to do those jobs, right? Yeah. Because they're, they're and they are, get paid well. Yeah, there are commissariat benefits, but no one would rather do that than be at home. Like if you were yeah. to give this guy the option, all things being equal, would you rather do your job and go home to your house or your apartment each night? Or would you rather do do your job and stay on the ship each night? No one would say, you know, I'd rather stay in my bunk with my with my roommate who's 40-something years old and has a chain smoker. Every, everyone would be like, look, if I can go home at night, I would rather do that. But th- that's not what people said. Then they're you know, making the silly claim that people would rather stay at the office or well, at it's the different, factory. Like I say, it's different when you sign up for something. Right. As opposed to what's happening now. And they're saying, oh, well, you even though you didn't sign up to stay at the factory, if you want to keep your job... Then you're going to just have to live here. And China wants them. To, the Chinese government wants them to keep their jobs because if, when they lock down like this, their production stops, and the Chinese economy right. it's strong, 
But they're nothing can survive a lockdown. No, and they're doing lockdowns in ways that make what the United States did look just absolutely trivial. Yeah. So workers are storming barriers and fighting with security staff during a dramatic riot today. The Quanta factory in the Songjiang district of Shanghai makes devices such as MacBook Pros. All the more reason not to use a MacBook Pro. I don't know how to tell people this, but if they lock you down at your job and you can't leave, you're a slave. Even if they're paying you, you don't have the freedom to leave your job. You are. Can you even quit the job? It would seem not. I mean, they could probably, I don't know. That's a good question. Can they quit? They can't leave the factory whether they quit the Mm. job or not. Footage from Thursday, I guess this has happened multiple times, shows how helpless guards, helpless guards. Wow, these people are full. They have drank the Kool-Aid over at Metro.co.uk. Clad in protective white gowns, tried in vain to catch workers who jumped over barriers. I can't wow. imagine being a journalist who saw this situation and wrote that sentence. Helpless guards tried in vain to catch workers who jumped over the barriers. The poor prison guards <laughs> were unable to stop the innocent people trying to go home to their families. Now, who do these guards work for? Is this the Chinese government or Tesla or, or Apple? Or That's who? a good question. It doesn't say. Wow. Uh, they're... they're they're either government employees or Apple employees, though. Mm. The factory had been operating under strict government-mandated isolation rules. Bloomberg report that a closed-loop system meant staff were required to sleep at nearby accommodation instead of at home. And from what I've read about similar stories, the nearby accommodation is like, oh, no, you have to stay in this hotel across the street or something like that. Oh, no. We said that the room back here with a bunch of beds. Cots. Yeah, have got cots. Some had been trying to return to their dormitories to rest when they were denied exit from the factory. Wow. And chaos soon followed. The unrest had reportedly died down by Friday morning, but the riot has impacted the factory's output of Mac Pro, MacBook Pro deliveries. Uh-oh. Those poor Mac lovers. What are they going to do? The site is operating at 30% capacity. Wow. Due to the recent disruption. Sweeping lockdown measures have led to major protests against China across China over recent months, particularly in Shanghai. The country's strict zero COVID strategy implemented since the beginning of the pandemic, but a little over two years ago, well, to about two and a half years ago, based on China, yep. and it has not resulted in zero COVID, has resulted in repeated lockdowns and stringent quarantine measures. Typically, criticism of the communist Chinese government is rare. Well, because they will they will kill you and your family, or at least throw you in prison and threaten to throw your family in prison if you speak out against them. However, an increasing number of people have started to revolt. One Thank lo- goodness. That, well, this is what it takes is for people to actually literally be starving. I mean, if they're going to die yeah. anyway, why not fight to the death? Yeah, well, that's the sad thing is that people in Shanghai locked themselves down because they, you know, the Chinese people have been raised to be an obedient group, right? The least obedient people either leave or they go to prison. And there's something to be said about their entire culture being around that sort of collectivist community identity, whereas Western culture is far more individualistic. Correct. A lot of Asian cultures, they do for whatever reason, seem to just be more community oriented, more less focused on the individual and more focused on the community as a whole yeah and so for the most part they do what they're told and sadly by doing what they were told they went inside their apartment buildings and then proceeded to be tested every single day which i believe is still going on every single day 
Uh, Good Lord. And proceeded to agree to, you know, not to leave the apartment. Only two people per apartment building can go and get the food drops at the, the, the checkpoints in the nearby areas. But then after continuing to do that for about three or so, four weeks, then the Chinese government started putting up metal gates around their apartment complexes just to make sure that no one was able to leave, which has resulted in people dying in fires because they can't escape from uh, the burning buildings. And now people are starting to get fed up and we're actually seeing videos coming out of of uh, some of Shanghai where people are knocking down these metal gates in order to them. escape from their apartment complexes. And there's some pretty uh, pretty interesting video that came out over the weekend. We'll share some of that with you coming up. Yeah! This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. We are talking about uh, the latest out of Shanghai. And, Arya, you're talking about the Apple manufacturing plant there, Apple Computers, uh, that is at 30% of their output capacity right now because, well, they're locking their workers in the factory and telling them, you're not allowed to leave and apparently they've been doing this for some time. The workers are starting to get pretty stir-crazy, and they're saying, you know what, we're going to push our way out. Well, according to this, I mean, they seem to have set up some sort of dormitories for their employees mm-hmm. because they, they've set up a closed-loop system where the people who work there, they have to live there, stay there, sleep there, eat there, all of that stuff, while the coronavirus pandemic is raging on. However, quote-unquote, Thursday, it seems... <laughs> They were attempting to leave the factory to return to their dormitories, their on-site dormitories, as I understand it. And that was when security attempted to prevent them from doing so, according to this article. Now, they, they may have made some mistakes here. I wouldn't put it past them, because a lot of this is kind of suspicious. It seems like they would be allowed to leave their dormitories. And it's written in a very strange way that sounds like, the security guards, they're just they're they're just doing their jobs. They're just trying sure. to help. Where These is this poor, story from? It's from metro.co.uk. Hmm, okay. So, I mean, not the most reputable uh, journalism site, but at least generally reliable. Yeah, it's not the Chinese official government right. journalism, quote unquote. But they're parroting that narrative, whether they mean to be or not. Mm-hmm. One local staged a protest by placing his empty fridge on his balcony Last month. Yeah, that was weeks ago. That was in the the early days of this. I put emphasis on month because I'm losing faith in this journalism outlet rapidly because they put moment. They, they clearly typed this on their phone, which auto-corrected month to moment. Oh. And no editor seems to have caught that. Wow. The journalist doesn't seem to have caught that. As residents report struggling to find enough to eat. Well, they're having to forage for food and stuff like that, which isn't there in the first place because there is no food. Sure. You can get deliveries on occasion, uh, but actually, as we're going to learn here in a few moments... Isn't it like rotten when it comes sometimes. in? Sometimes. Horrifying. A lot of it. Horrifying stuff, man. Moldy. I mean, this is... In Shanghai, wasn't this the place where the, the dogs were cut loose and they were eating cats and then they started eating each other because they, they, they had nothing else to eat? There's video of them attacking a cat, a gang of dogs in the streets uh, attacking and toying with and murdering a, a cat. There have been reports of starvation after 26 million people were locked in their homes in the city. The more horrific video is where the Chinese agents uh, in their full hazmat suits are going around and uh, killing and abducting dogs off the streets. 
that, that is that there's is more than one of those videos yeah. and that was weeks ago and were they doing this to quote stray dogs well or uh, yeah but a lot of the dogs that were stray were only stray because their their owners had been kidnapped and forced into quarantine camps mm, leaving yeah. their animals home alone and you know if they're able to escape then they're now they're strays or they just couldn't feed their animals. Like if that happened too. If I was in that situation, I was like, okay, I, I literally am not allowed to feed my dog at this point. I'm cut her loose. Good luck out yeah, there yeah. because Somebody I can't do her. anything for you. Right. So, so I, I pity these. This isn't the first time this has happened either. When the how many people are going to come back to a dead animal in their home if if they, and when they are released from their quarantine camp, they're not going to get to see a happy animal when they come home because their whole family got taken out. Right. Like if you if you're if somebody tests positive, they're not just going to take the positive person out. They're going to take everybody in contact with that person to the quarantine camp. Dude, that's right? horrible. Yeah. And then they're going to get home and little Fluffy is rotting away at that point. That's not going to be something that your kids want to see or anyone wants to see. It's horrifying. And, and all of this is in the name of stopping a virus that just isn't killing that many people. No. I mean, the starvation Omicron. here is... Ooh. Yeah, the, the lockdowns here, the, the consequences of the lockdowns of people jumping out of their windows, starving to death, and that sort of nonsense, that's yeah. exponentially worse than COVID-19 could ever be. You give me the option between dying of pneumonia or something that's like pneumonia or dying of starvation. Give me pneumonia every single day of the week. Well, how about the uh, the Pfizer data that's come out now? Have you seen any of the, the recent release data? I did not, but I saw something on Drudge Report today about Pfizer, and evidently the clinical trials themselves are suspect and maybe not actually scientifically valid. There's crazy stuff coming out. So the uh, Alu Axelman posted this the other day, and I've seen it in multiple places. Our old uh, buddy Sam Dodson was doing a show. He mentioned it recently on his show, uh, To the Lifeboats. There's this chart that's come out where they, they break down... Uh, that there were apparently 46,000 people that took the Pfizer mRNA vaccine in a trial period. Of those 46,000 people, 1,223 of them, over 2. Point, approximately 2.6% of them died. Of? God knows what, but they died after they took this vaccine. Oh, more than 2%. Wow. So more people died in the trial period taking this vaccine than would have died if they'd gotten COVID. Right? Yeah, I have not seen that. I did see an article, and for some reason I ended up closing out of today, which is why I didn't bring it in. Evidently, the editor of the British Medical Journal is telling the FDA about serious concerns over the Pfizer trial data integrity. And evidently, the the trial data itself, even if it is reliable it's horrifying two percent of people more than two percent of people who took this vaccine died that's right this is the data they wanted to cover up until the year 2076 but the judge forced them to release it was it was it 50 years i thought it was 100 for some something reason. like i don't know it, it, was, it was absolutely absurd i mean it, they wanted to cover it up to the but it doesn't matter what's the point we can't sue these people they can't be held accountable for poisoning people that was part of the whole rollout of the the emergency, what, whatever they called it, the emergency licensing. I, I don't remember the terminology they used for that, but it, it was allowed to Authorization. Us. Yeah. The emergency authorization that was allowed to us, but you can't sue Pfizer, you can't sue no. Johnson & Johnson, you can't sue Moderna, any of these others about their, 
the false data, the, the problematic data that they turned over to the FDA. And evidently that data says that 2% of people were dying of the COVID-19 vaccines anyway. 2.5%. And that, that's allegedly the doctor data. So how bad is the real data? And they will halt, by the way, like in other studies of medicines, if there's like, you know, even a few people that die from it, those things get halted. Yeah, we saw this with the bird flu or swine flu vaccine a number of years ago where it didn't kill that many people. It did kill people and it, it you know, it turned out to be far worse than the actual flu vaccine, the flu, the bird flu or the swine flu, whichever one it was. But we saw, we have seen all of these sorts of side effects in the past and anything that, any medicine that kills 2% of the people who take it, that, that generally isn't allowed to go to the public. Yeah, but, and we're not even talking about the people that got ill and some the ones who still died of COVID nineteen. Well, yeah, it's not clear what these people died from per se, but uh, you know, there's a lot of people that got sick as well. The claim here is that forty two thousand out of the forty six had some sort of adverse effect. That's a that's a shockingly yeah. high rate. What is that? Like eighty something percent? It's, yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, it's crazy. But we'll talk more about what's going on in China because I actually have pulled up right now, Aria, uh, two people who are native English speakers. Because there's a lot of Chinese posts out there about sure. what's going on. But uh, native English speakers who are in Shanghai, one man who is on day 47 of his lockdown, and another one who's close to that, day 39. So there's different areas of the city got locked down at different times. We'll talk about what's going on. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I don't know if this was uh, what it sounded like outside of the Tesla plant, but this is some video from Shanghai. People are busting out. Sounds like they're banging on pots and pans. No, they're actually fighting with uh, wow with the uh, the people that are the government goons that are in the full body suits. There's a large number of people coming out of an apartment complex. There's actually different angles of this video. It's like there's one video that was taken from inside the building. This one's taken uh, from outside. As uh, people are, at least these people are fed up. With the restrictions. If I recall correctly, the Chinese goons, the Chinese thugs that are out there enforcing the laws on behalf of the Chinese government, they're they're not carrying around weapons, right? Or at some least are. not guns. Some are. I've seen I've seen pictures of some with with guns. Okay. I don't think it's that common though. But it's not like the United States where every single police officer has a firearm. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that's okay. the case here. Uh, so we've been talking about what's going on in Shanghai where some people are on day fifty. God. Or more of lockdown, and it's dude, not- I did this crap when I, when I had vocal surgery. I was locked down in my house for about two weeks before I was even able to drive voluntarily. Yeah, and I was still able to go next door to to the store, right, mm-hmm. to buy stuff that I needed. I can't and, and have some limited interaction with other human beings outside of my household. I can't imagine doing this for fifty something days and not having that little that little tiny freedom to just. Go outside. Yeah, you can't do that. Um, well, in this case, they pushed themselves out. They managed to bust through the whatever barriers and the various different agents that they had in the street. But See, I could still go outside. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to because it was 
you know, January, but... Jared T. Nelson. We've read some posts from him, him in the past. This is the guy who told us uh, that we learned from him. Uh, his, he's at Jared T. Nelson on Twitter. Uh, we learned from him that he was the uh, one of two people in an apartment complex who were the volunteers that were allowed to leave so they could go leave the apartment complex and go a little ways away to wherever the government checkpoint was and pick up the groceries for the entire apartment building. And they were allowed to do that. They were only allowed out for two hours a day at, at that time. Of course, that meant that if uh, food deliveries came in in the morning and they had to go out between 3 and, and 5 o'clock in the afternoon, then the if there was meat or something in the food delivery, it would have spoiled by then. Um, so, you know, those are some of the downsides of this situation. One and of the many downsides of allowing the government to run your life. The groceries, especially. Uh, not to mention the fact that there's flies and things like that. And uh, one guy said he had moths in his uh, food delivery once that fluttered around his apartment for days until he could finally get rid of them all. Uh, Moldy food is not uncommon to be delivered if you can even get food deliveries. So that kind of gives you a little bit of background on this guy. It's not even a delivery, though. It's it's a drop-off. You have to go get it. You would think that the Chinese government is going to lock you down in your apartment and, and then give you rotten food. The very least they could do is actually bring it to you in your apartment. No, that like, would be a you can't service. Make, you yeah. can't make the bar lower than being locked down in your apartment and being served rotten food that you still have to go pick up. That's right. It's insulting. Uh, so day 47, he writes this on May 6th. This is one of his more recent posts. So to just kind of give you a, a clue. He's tweeting out of yeah. Shanghai? That's right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's there. Yay, VPNs. Day 47 of our Shanghai COVID lockdown, and we woke up like we often do to a man in a hazmat suit downstairs yelling through a bullhorn for us to come down for our tests. Sounds a lot like jail to me. While checking our phones for the new test QR code, we also saw this alarming new official notice that had been sent to us. And then he includes an image, which is, it's all in Chinese, of this notice. And he, he kind of translates it for us. He says the key points are one. We must stay inside our apartment and not leave our front door except for going downstairs for testing. How is it possible? How could they not have eliminated COVID-19 if they've been locked in their apartments for 50 days? days, How could could anyone in that apartment building possibly have COVID-19? He says this was not a change for us and it was a little strange to see it reiterated again. Two, all deliveries are prohibited during the weekend, Friday from midnight to Sunday at midnight. Nothing will be allowed in. No food no water, nothing. So we are encouraged, he says, to cancel. No water? Whatever you got is what you got to get you through the weekend, apparently. So we are encouraged to cancel all deliveries and ask for refunds because nothing that is delivered to the community gates will come in. He says there was a lot of pushback from this about uh, from everyone around. And eventually some of the government people and property management people said that they, quote, might, unquote, arrange for some group purchases. But it would be difficult. And that's when we found out why. So it sounds like they can still order stuff from like Alibaba or, or wherever. There are, they can order from grocers. Yeah. Okay. But it's dropped off at one of these checkpoints that is generally just government stuff. And limited in the amount of times that you can go to the checkpoint. Right. To get it. So they found out why it would be difficult. He says, this has not been confirmed by me directly, but from a neighbor who also shared a photo that seems legitimate. And then he shares a photograph of fencing that has been installed across the road. He says, it seems that barriers have been set up that are blocking the roads for several streets around us. So delivery drivers can't even make it to the gates 
of our apartment community. You know where else we heard of this happening? Where where people were like erecting barriers in the streets in order to prevent movement from through the streets the autonomous zone in seattle well i was thinking of ukraine oh and that was that was how they chose to deal with the russian tanks Mm -hmm. and this is how the chinese people are choosing to deal with you know the chinese people that reason seems clear deliveries are halted because the roads are closed he says of course i'm not allowed to leave my front door let alone our apartment community gates in order to verify that so i'm guessing he's no longer the 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 guy for the whole apartment building to go and get the deliveries not sure when that changed i haven't been reading his post every day so maybe he addressed that at some point do they at least allow these people roof access or something i doubt it the result of the new announcement and the new street barricades is that we are locked down in Shanghai, not allowed to leave our apartment door except for going downstairs to do a COVID test, and are also not allowed to get any deliveries of food or drinking water or anything. They sent the announcement on Friday morning to go in effect at midnight, and from my understanding, this applies not just to our apartments, but to many in the area. Panic buying and hoarding started immediately, of course, and all same-day deliveries were instantly fully booked. This was a shock for us because cases had been improving steadily recently. Yesterday, there were only 23 new cases identified outside of the quarantine zones. 23 new cases in, I presume that is all of Shanghai? There's that many here in Cheshire County right now, most most likely, but they're minor, they're inconsequential, and no one would know they had it if they didn't get tested for it. Fortunately, he says, for many of us, deliveries had been improving this week, and we were able to restock some of our pantries. Uh, He says he was fortunate enough to get some hot sauces and other key condiments. Back to this morning. I like that his priorities are in order. He's got some Valentina there. Uh, Back to this morning. We went down for testing because it seemed like another mandatory day where they really push you to do the testing. And he says some days it feels more like a suggestion. Their new method is to first do a home antigen test, and then, if negative, bring the plastic test pieces down with you to do the PCR test. So you get twice tested in the same day. They check the antigen test downstairs and take it from you, which seems like a better system to avoid fraud or tampering. What I didn't anticipate when I put all four in my pocket was that our fresh antigen test still had some of the liquid left in the little dropper area, which of course leaked through my pocket to the front of my shorts by the time they were downstairs. Not a particularly good look, he says. I've heard from friends in other parts of the city their areas are actually opening up, although most businesses and stores are still closed there. It's important to note that Shanghai is a big city. Remember, it's the third most populated city on the planet. They said 23 million people in this other article. I can't even fathom a city that big. Uh, He says, we have some hope this new hard lockdown is only for two days. But then again, that's exactly what they told us for the general lockdown 47 days ago. Finally, he says the other big topic of conversation for the apartment community today was mosquitoes. Guess what? All of our normal maintenance has been suspended for such a long time, including pest control for nature's most obnoxious creation, which has resulted in a big increase in mosquitoes. Which means an increase in malaria. Which means life really sucks, right? Uh, There's more coming up here, and you can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. Bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You 
In the studio with you is Ian and Aria. You can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. Uh, you can help us out by joining the AMPS program over at amps.freetalklive.com. It's amps.freetalklive.com. We're going to go uh, with one more post here from somebody else who is in uh, Shanghai. This person is Don Wineland. We read an article from him a few weeks ago. He was writing for The Economist talking about how this is uh, basically a preview of a total authoritarian state like what it would look like with dogs robot dogs and drones flying around barking orders at people and you know government running the food that's getting moldy and moth filled and so we've uh, we've heard from this guy before he posted looks like today so this was just uh, or within the last 24 hours he says shanghai is going into the harshest phase of lockdown yet food delivery is halting we're told to rely on government for food, and he puts in parentheses, rotting cabbage, because he's had that. Uh, day 39, a full lockdown, feels like it could be day one. They say this new phase is going to be two to five days. The original lockdown was supposed to be four days, and he's now on day 39 of his lockdown. Remember, different areas of the city. Oh, that's horrifying, dude. Yeah. They- they already said the first one was going to be four days, and you're already at 39, and they're yep. saying this one's going to be two to five days, which is basically saying four days again. He says state media has a very different take on the news today. Glad there's some quote-unquote bliss rediscovery taking place somewhere from the Shanghai Daily, which is the China state-run media. Their story is about lockdown rules easing in some areas of the city, and residents are rediscovering the bliss of Applying the aisles of food stores, complete with photographs of people masked up in inside stores. Well, this is what government does, right? They make things so unbearably awful that even going to the grocery store is suddenly something that's going to have people celebrating a smiling in the streets. He says, and there it is. We are now cut off from food delivery and fully reliant on the government for provisions. They say two days. Let's see, he says. And then he posts a message from what I presume is his apartment complex. It says, Dear residents, we regret to inform you that we have received the official notice announcing the suspension of all delivery service, both individual orders and group purchasing, for the upcoming two days. Also, people are asked to stay in-house except attending PCR tests until further notice. From 6.30 p.m. today, we will stop issuing the pass anymore, and nobody is allowed to go out by right. Residences who are still out of the apartment, please come back ASAP. Otherwise, to avoid any unexpected trouble, thank you very much for your understanding. So it's not enough for them to be locked in their apartment building. They have to also stay within their individual apartment. That's what it sounds like. Jesus. Well, otherwise people could be seeing one another and possibly yeah, transmitting. So they're, lo- <laughs> they're all locked down in the same building. If, yeah. if one of them gets sick, they're all going to get sick. Well, if they get sick, they get carted off to the quarantine centers. Once, they, once they detect it. Yeah. So that's what's going on. That's the latest out of Shanghai. Let's talk to Jack in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Jack. Um, Yeah, on the same uh, topic. I've seen the videos. Did anyone see the the guy that was taped up in packaging tape? Yeah, I saw that one. Yep. And then he stacked up like a piece of uh, wood. Yeah, they literally take a living human being and roll him up in packaging tape and then physically move him. It's very strange. Do they really? And this is to like back or anything. I don't know. Yeah. Something's weird. This is to There's ship a them lot off. Of people. 
I don't know what they were doing with him. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, just, uh, I don't know if it was staged, which I still feel like it is. Because if I was being taped up, I would wiggle, fight. Hmm. You saw the video? Yeah, but the Chinese people, they're so conditioned that they'll, they'll do whatever their government tells them to do. The videos I've seen have been the opposite. They've been trying to break down barriers fighting against them when they broke their doors down. Yeah, after after a month of starving. Yeah. yeah. Something is just, like, not quite right, though, uh, to end my entire call. It's just really weird, you know? It's almost like David was in control from New Mexico because it would be insanity. All right, thanks for the call tonight. Let's go to Dave in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Dave. Hey, and thanks for uh, taking my call. Yes, WKHM, I excellent proud, proud supporter of the station, and thanks for being on for the time that you are. Of course. Hey, listen, I want to ask you a broad question. All right. Now we're we're hearing and seeing some of these things coming out of China. It it is kind of shocking. I used to say it's hardly shocking to see stuff come out of there like this, but you know, this is your hardcore communism, which I see the United States slowly slipping into that same direction. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's so, oh, I don't know, so communist there, how is any video getting out of there or transmitted? Uh, oh, good you know, question. I mean, they do the have uh, what they call the Great Firewall of China, and, and a lot of people in the, the freer world know about this, that the Chinese government has a tremendous amount of control over what the Chinese people are able to see, what they're able to search for, the, the services that they're able to use on the Internet. There's a lot of websites that are blocked uh, from from access in China. And so you do ask a good question. Some of the people who've been reporting from China have pointed out that it is difficult to get some video uh, of what's going on out. And I suspect that is one of the reasons why we're seeing, in many cases, very short videos. Videos that you'll that you'll typically see. If you go to the Northrop Gundam channel on uh, Twitter, you'll see, in many cases, 9-second, 14-second long, 20-second long videos. Not very, very lengthy videos, and so therefore the file size is is very small. And it's much easier to, let's say, smuggle out a file that is, uh, you know, 10 megabytes or 20 megabytes right. instead of a 2 gigabyte, you know, Well, some of these aren't even video. smuggled, right? They just use WeChat, which is like a Chinese Twitter, as I understand it. And, you know, they're, they're bots that are automatically, you know, catching uh, videos sure. that shouldn't be allowed are not perfect. So right. they, get a, they upload a video as 9 or 10 seconds and it stays up for an hour. There's nothing in the world that's going to stop you as an American from going on to WeChat. And viewing whatever people are posting there. So a lot of this is people are just posting on the Chinese social media platforms and people outside of China are monitoring them and happen to see them before the, the bots do. They the snatch it, bots. copy it. Yeah. Look, where there's a will, there's a way when it comes to internet, right? I mean, there's even the Chinese government cannot be... 100% complete in censoring its own people. If you want to get a video yeah. out, you open up a VPN, you zip the thing, you put a password on it or whatever. There's other ways to do this. You could PGP encrypt it. Uh, there's a bunch of different options for those who who are willing to take the time to learn how to do it. Well, let me ask you this a little bit on the sub, little off this subject, but uh, uh, being libertarian, I believe me, I'm more libertarian than I am liberal. Don't you see this hardcore left uh, political movement in the United States heading down that sl- slippery slope 
of what communism is actually all about because Margaret Thatcher said it best eventually you run out of other people's money. Yep, and that's true. hell, the, the, the United States is so far deeply in debt right now, and some of our creditors are countries like China. To me, it's just authoritarianism, uh, left or right. The, the, the exact brand of what they're trying to peddle or how they're packaging it isn't really of consequence to me. It's still the same package, and it's a package that I don't want. I mean, the, yeah, I, I agree. The the liberals out there, they they coat their racism in, in more politically except they hide it better, right? But when you open up the package, oh look, it's it's horrifying racism. They they think that black people are too dumb to find the DMV or whatever, and that's why they're against voter ID laws. Whereas you know you have conservatives who are against immigration because they're basically they they don't want Hispanics coming here because they're ultimately probably racist. So it's just a matter of packaging and how they're how they're portraying their ideas, but I don't find the liberals to be any worse qualitatively than the conservatives. To me, it's just how they're selling their message to the people who support them. <laughs> That's well said. I know you, you're getting out of time here, but hey, listen, thanks for taking my call and take care. Thanks, David. Also, don't forget, they've already implemented the majority of the Communist Manifesto's planks here in the United States, and that's been going on for a long time. So, I mean, they're frightening, man. Yeah, you, can pull up well. the, you can pull up the, the planks of the Communist Manifesto and take a look at the current situation, and it's like eight out of ten or seven and a half out of ten the last time we did a count through. So. I remember the central banking thing was a big one. Like, oh, Marx sure. was all about yeah. having a communist society where the communist society had the central bank and it controlled the money supply. And, oh, look, they did that. They've been doing that for a long time, though. Yep, and that's finally getting undermined thanks to crypto. Uh, let's uh, talk more about it. We can do that tomorrow night. Thank you, Dave, for your call. Uh, definitely appreciate hearing from you. And uh, we will be back for more open phones every single night of the week here on Free Talk Live. You can join us live from 7 to 10 at night Eastern, all seven nights per week. You can join us anytime you want online over at freetalklive.com. Don't forget our social media platform, which is always available for you at social.freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night.